It's that time of the week again. You are about to participate in a great adventure. It's that time when the latest episode of Digital Kill the Radio Star drops. Drop? What the hell do you think you're doing? It's time to waste another hour or so with David and Chris. Oh my God! As they spout out more of their worthless music knowledge. I wouldn't do that if I were you. It's time to hear them discuss the music of their youth. It's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. As well as the music of today. Excuse me while I whip this out. So kick back, relax, and have some fun with David and Chris. Who are those guys? Digital Kill the Radio Star starts Come on, quit stalling! Alright, so we're back at the uh, Nashville Rock and Pod Expo again. Chris is with me this time. We gave Kate a break for the rest of the day. Uh, we're really excited to uh, introduce uh, our guest. He is a longtime bassist of one of the best thrash metal bands there is, Exodus, and his name is Jack Gibson. Jack, please welcome uh, everybody. Everybody, please welcome Jack to the uh, Digital Kill the Radio Star podcast. Hey, everybody. How's it going? All right, Jack. So whenever we have somebody on, I always ask them the same two first questions. What is your earliest memory of music, and who was your first favorite band? My earliest memory of music is going to see Glenn Campbell. Uh, with uh, my, my parents took me when I was about, I think, four years old. And H- Helen Reddy opened for, uh, for Glenn Campbell. And I, I was already like a little mini Glenn Campbell by then. My, my mom had my little red hair parted off to the side. And, uh, so, uh, so I already thought he was like the shit. And then you know, I, I got to see him when I was real young. So that's kind of like the first real music memory that I have. And uh, I'm not really sure who my first, you know, like my first real rock band that I that I liked was Rush. Like where I was like, okay, that's that's my band. But I was already about in like sixth or seventh grade, you know, by the time I I decided I was gonna like rock and that Rush was gonna be my my band. Well, you're, you're kind of leading into what my question, I think you're probably going ahead and answering it, which was the earliest influences for you as a bass player, who inspired you to want to pick up the bass, and I think you're probably kind of answering. Yeah, um, well, uh, number one, my number one is, is Getty. Uh, Getty's always been my, my, my number one bass player. Um, as far as, like, who shaped my, you know, my, my, my style that I, that I have, it, it was... Uh, it was really Billy Sheehan, uh, you know, showed me that you could really play fast on the bass, and then uh, and then putting it into the the thrash text. It's it's really um, Frank Bello from Anthrax and Junior, who I was just up on the up on the panel stage there with. Uh, 
you know, they they were really the guys where I was like, okay, that's how you you're supposed to sound like like that when you're in a thrash band, you know. Well, you know, one thing too, when, when you're talking about picking up on their styles and the way they play, one thing I've noticed with you, and this is one thing, and I, I'm not a musician, I'm a terrible guitarist, so, <laughs> so I, I don't claim to be, I don't claim to have the knowledge, but it seems like the guys that are finger-picking bass are always the more skilled players. Am I far off on that? Well, I, I mean... That, I know that you do. I, I mean, I don't know about that. I mean... Um, you know, there's there's just kind of two schools about, about you know, you know, playing with your fingers or your or a pick. I, I really, I actually wish that I was a little better with the pick, because I think um, I think sometimes like they, they they both have their their context, and uh, I'm just really shitty at playing with a pick. That's why I don't I don't really do it. Um, so, but I mean, you know, there there's some really skilled pick players out there. I mean, Junior's one of them. <laughs> And, uh, you know, uh, Chris Squire always played with a pick, and he's pretty, you know, detailed. Um, I think that that kind of that perception of the finger player comes from, like, uh, you know, like like jazz dudes like Jocko, you know, so that, like, like the dude, like the guys who play with their fingers, you know, had more of, like, a jazz influence to draw upon. Right. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, because rock, a lot of the rock bass players were guitar players who were playing four-string guitar, and, and they were articulate with a pick. You know what I mean? Whereas in jazz, they were using their their fingers. So the guys who brought that into rock, a lot of them had like the Jocko influence and stuff. So they they seemed more skilled because. They were more studious, you know, like at, at the time, I think. Okay. I've just never, been, I've never asked anybody that question on any basis. I was yeah. curious about that. Yeah. So as we get into your, your career and your playing, you know, I know you, it seems anyway your first connection to getting on the Vexus is a band called War Dance yeah. with, with wow. Gary Holt. And so with that, I guess, how did you first hook up with, with Gary and, and Tom? And um, why did you guys never put out any material? That's a... That's, that's a that's a deep that's a good question dude like I'm surprised anybody knows about that so uh, <laughs> so my my friend uh, my friend Sean Smithson who is actually consequently if you go look on the early Megadeth records he's the guy who is credited with creating Vic Rattlehead uh, my, my, my friend Sean Smithson he was kind of a Bay Area fixture <laughs> singer guitar player songwriter like uh was in a bunch of stuff and so he was like crashing at my house for a little while and he was like hey i gotta try out for this band can you give me a ride and i was like oh man i'm gonna give fucking sean a ride you know fucking he's like yeah it's the dudes from exodus it's tommy gary from exodus it's a, it's this new band of theirs you know they're really cool guys come on and hang out like, oh yeah you know I haven't, I haven't met the exodus guys yet so went down and Met, I met Gary and Tom and, and Sean tried out and uh, and there wasn't a bass player and then they asked Sean to come back you know like like later in the week and and so he asked me for a ride again I'm like yeah man them guys were cool you know and, and so I took him down and then the bass player wasn't there again and I'm like who what, what's up with the bass player and they just were like oh man he's never here he's in like five bands and you know, I don't even know if he likes it, it being in this band and stuff. 
I said, well, shit, man, I'll come every fucking, I'll come every practice, man. I'm not doing shit right now, you know. And Gary grabbed the tape and said, all right, come back with Sean on Thursday. And uh, I learned the songs, came back and, uh, you know, started jamming. And Sean actually didn't didn't get the gig, and I did get the gig. And then, uh, and then I've just been kind of tight with those guys ever since. Like, basically what happened is we, we made a demo, and then we started chopping the demo around. And all the feedback that we got was just get Bailoff and Rick and call it Exodus. Just just quit fucking around with this side thing. And uh, so that's when we got Bailoff and Rick to come back and we did the live. The, so the war dancing just kind of turned into uh, turned back into Exodus. And then uh, <clears throat> most of those songs though found their way onto Exodus albums. Okay. And see, you, you did answer a question, too. I was going to ask if you auditioned for Exodus when they came around, but it sounds like it was just, like you said, it morphed back into it just Exodus kind of, again. Yeah, it just kind of morphed back in. They actually, they asked Robbie, you know, to, to play bass at the time because it was kind of the reunion thing. And they were like, we don't think he's going to do it, you know, but we, we got to ask him. And I'm like, I, yeah, totally, I get it. And uh, Robbie, Robbie wasn't interested, and then they were like, all right, you're in, and... And I, I've just never, never let go of my seat since then. Well, now were there, were there plans? I guess once you, once you did get back together, were there plans to put out a new record with, with Bale? Yeah, there were. Yeah, it was, it was slow, it was slow going because Paul was pretty hard. Paul didn't learn things very well, so uh, he, he, uh, it was, it, it was slow going. But yeah, um, you know that was like a real. Everybody was fucked up on you know drugs and booze at that time and it was there wasn't a lot of direction you know in the in the band at that at that time and uh, and after Bay died things got a little worse for a little while and then uh, and then once them guys cleaned up uh, that's when we kind of got back on track and things have really been kind of steadily moving you know forward since then okay and so then, when you, you know, fast forwarding a bit, you know, since you, the record was never came out with Bailoff, you get Zetro back. Yeah. So Zet comes in. So did you feel at this time, you know, you went in, you did a new record, did it feel like, hey, this is finally back. You know, we're finally clicking, we're finally making it this back. Was that feeling yeah. that, you know, this is permanent now? Yeah, man. Well, I mean, not, you know, nothing ever feels that permanent when you're in a band. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's kind of a... Uh, you know, it's like you, you, you kind of have to like live in the moment. You know what I mean? Because uh, you know, at any time someone can get sick, or you know, someone can just depart, which is basically what happened. Like Zet, Zetro, very soon after that, just decided he didn't like being on the road, and he was out. You know, very unceremoniously, he was he was back out of the band uh, just because he didn't want to go on a tour with us. You know. So, like, things can always change, you know what I mean? Well, and once he is out of the band, you get dudes. Yeah. So, how did you feel about it? Did you feel like the fans accepted him? Or was that, oh, was some, that kind of hard for him? Well, I mean, that's a, that's a tough job, man. Like, I mean, I think Rob did a, a really, really good job uh, at the time. I mean, you know, I mean, you know... Uh, there's, there's definitely always going to be some people out there who will never, you know, who would never accept a new singer, and you know what I mean. But, uh, 
but he got out there and he fucking did it, man. You know, and I mean, he we made some really good records with Rob, man. I agree, you know? and I love love his sound. Yeah, you know, man. I love his voice. That's and that's no disrespect to any other Exodus singer. Oh yeah, he's no. great. No, I mean, he was one of the great. He was one of the three. You know, I mean, you know, he. Like one thing about you know when when Rob was in the band, like we were a mean band, like we were vicious, man. Like it was like, like we Aggressive were in your face. Yeah, like sure. like we were a scary fucking band at that time. You know what I mean? Um, like the shows were scary, man. We had we had some we had some real like out of hand shows go on then because Rob was really good at like you know pushing that that envelope. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Zetro's more of like a stage performer, and Rob was more of like a, a punk, you know, like a, a New York hardcore, hardcore punk. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, Rob was a lot more into like revving up the 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 energy level in the room, and uh, man, we had some we had some really we had some pretty we had some nights where I can think of two nights in particular where uh, like security left the building because it was too like it was too fucked up in there and we had like you know like we had we had gotten into like scuffles with security guys who had gotten too rough with our fans like we see them coming over the front and you know these fucking knuckleheads are there to like beat kids up you know sometimes and we'd call them out We'd be like, hey, you don't do that to our fucking fans. And then they'd be like, yeah, fuck you. And then we'd be like, no, fuck you. And then they'd get on the stage and, you know, and we'd have the whole fucking crowd like, you know, like yelling, get the fuck out at them. And I can think of two places where they, they left. So they man. did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like they left. Like we, we took the whole room over, you know. Well, now with back to another question with the Dukes here, when you did, um, did the re-recording of Bonded by Blood, which... I think sounds excellent because I love the sound of it. It sounds well the way like Gary Holder said, the way it was supposed to, the way he envisioned it, the production. It's it's phenomenal. So did you? I mean, when you did that, I mean, how did how was the reaction to that? I mean, doing a Bailoff record with a new singer. Well, I mean, it that that got a lot of that. We took a lot of we took a lot of shots, you know, kind of for that. Uh, But you know, it's. It, it it's from it's shots from the people who thought that we were trying to replace Bonded by Blood, you know, like the way that they did with the Aussie records where they took Bob Daisley off the tracks or, or whatever, and like we really weren't trying to re we weren't trying to like you know because we didn't like pull Bonded by Blood off the shelves, you know, to force you to buy the the new one, you know what I mean? All we really wanted to do is do it like with the production levels that we have now which which they really didn't have access to when they were making bonded by blood you know what i mean and uh you know like we wanted we wanted younger younger audiences to hear it in a modern setting you know where they you know like the young kids don't have that emotional attachment to to it like we do because we grew up fucking riding our bmx bikes to it and like growing up like we learned our life lessons listening to those records so they're yeah. like like they're extra special to us and it's holy ground you know and i mean i knew when they said we were going to do it i was like that's that's shit yeah this. i'm like that's pretty that's pretty holy ground to be walking and they were like ah it's going to be fine we'll do it and you know and uh 
you know, some people didn't like it, and then some people are like you, like they got it, like they, like they, they understood and they, they got it. You know what I mean? Well, it was the way it was meant to sound. You know, what I mean? and I realized people may have taken it the wrong way because it's, it's up there with Rain and Blood. You know, Master of Puppets. I mean, it's one of the essential thrash yeah. records. Right. Well, I know we're, we're going to try to move real quick because I know it, you know, respect your time, but I do want to touch a little bit on your country project. Oh yeah. Puppet oh yeah. Is that something? Man, you did your research. Are you going to do more? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I, I, first of all, I, I guess where I'm going with this is, you, you mentioned, you kind of answered, I think, when you said you grew up listening to Glenn Campbell, yeah. so country must have been in your background, yeah, in your man. upbringing, so yeah. you guys already had a love for that. Yeah, yeah. And now you're and, in Nashville. Uh, and I'm in Nashville, yeah, yeah, I did, uh, I actually just put the band back together out here with some, with some Nashville, some real good Nashville players, man, some real good dudes, I love them, uh, and uh, we, we did our first show out in Atlanta just a couple weeks ago at the, at the Claremont Lounge, the, the world's worst strip club. And, uh, and it was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was totally killer. It was like we were meant, it's like the place we were meant to be. And uh, yeah, so yeah, I'm excited. I'll be, I'm, I have a lot of songs and I just have to sit down and record them, man. And you know, I'm just lazy. I like it because it's, it's almost got this swampy, bluegrass type feel yeah to it. yeah you know, well I'm, I'm the banjo i'm a banjo picker too so like it's kind of banjo centric you know uh you know which is kind of a no-no here in nashville they don't do much banjo in nashville but well so. i guess as we wrap up last last question for you i guess uh, what is it what else is in the future you're, you're talking about you're putting back back coffin hunters there a new exodus record oh yeah man i mean we're just waiting gary will be done at the end of november uh that's when uh Slayer that's when slayers that that's when they yeah exactly they go back under the ocean but, you they know. sink sink back under into the sea and um and then we'll have gary back i'm sure he's gonna want you know a little bit of time off but by the beginning of the year uh, i think him and tom will be in that room uh, hammering out new stuff and then when they're when we got you know when we got nine songs and it's time to go in and record and uh you know and then well, we'll be back out doing it again man i'm looking forward to hearing it because you know blood in blood out was a great record thank you so man. just thanks for your time <laughs> oh yeah Jack, it's been a pleasure oh thank you man and so now we're gonna go and end this episode david if you will go and queue up salt the wound and let's crank this to 11. Thanks, all right man.